0: Welcome back to Obscure Broadcasting Podcast, Famous Last Words. Today we are talking about, from 2011, The Skin I Live In, directed by Pedro Almodovar. Uh, This movie, at first sight, seems like a remake of Eyes Without a Face, but I don't think it is. Uh, My name's Andrew.
1: And I am Teresa. Uh,
0: So, Teresa, what did you think? Do you want to give us a quick recap of what happened in this movie? Including spoilers?
1: Okay, or, yeah, or there's we... a lot of spoilers. So here's referencing back to Eyes Without a Face. Here was our original intention. We love the film Eyes Without a Face, and we were considering doing that one on this podcast. Um, it's a French film for the 1960s, and it's just, it's about... Uh, maybe Eyes, it. Eyes
0: Without a Face is about a surgeon who uh, causes an accident. He kind of abducts a woman... And uh, transplants his her face onto his daughter's face because her daughter had a terrible uh, uh, disfigurement, um, like a burn, like a burn, uh, a burn accident. It's from nineteen sixty. It's French. Mm-hmm. This movie, okay, you can make you it back up. This okay. movie in the first part seems very similar.
1: Yeah. So once you know, I saw this this movie and I saw the the cover of the thumbnail online. And I was like, you know, it has the same creepy mask um, on top of this woman's face. And I was like, there's no way that this is not inspired by Eyes Without a Face. And we should just maybe watch this film because we had never seen it before. Talk about this film and how the two connect. Well, they kind of connect, but it's very, very loose. It's more like an homage kind of connection. There's definitely the visual references in this film. There's a fancy pants surgeon, played by Antonio Banderas, and he has this, like, woman sort of imprisoned, it seems like, in his house. Um, And, you know, she wears kind of this bodysuit, and you know like there's something going on with her skin, but she doesn't look like she has any disfigurements, and Things like that. So you're like trying to figure out what's going on. Um, But it's eventually revealed that. Well, the first half of the movie. She is she looks he fashioned her face to look just like his wife who died, who had a terrible car accident, which is also the reference dies without a face, was completely burned. And while he was like trying to experiment and find the treatment to like graft new skin she ended up murdered like killing herself saw her
0: reflection and killed herself in front of the daughter
1: yep so yeah so you're like oh he recreated recreated this woman to have like his wife around again and you like kind of feel like you know what's going on and then halfway through the movie they like completely turned it around and you think it's like a whole different storyline about his daughter and like the traumatic experience she went through and Then there's this, like, I don't know if I should just say the whole plot. Yeah, I think,
0: I mean, major spoiler here. So this movie worked particularly well for us because we did not read about what it was about. Just strictly went off, like, the recommendation like that we saw that this was a good movie. Never read anything about it. Assumed it was like Eyes Without a Face. Up until that point that that Teresa just described, it is.
1: Mm -hmm. And so if you want to watch this film.
0: Which I highly recommend.
1: Just like stop this now, but make sure you come back later because we have lots of things to say.
0: So it flashes back to after the mother's death and the daughter is traumatized and she spends some time in a mental institution that's only hinted at in dialogue. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And they start inexplicably following this man and this like super horny dude uh, who works at his mother's vintage clothing store and is feeling up mannequins. And like being kind of creepy and towards his female coworkers, and he goes to a wedding that Antonio Banderas has been the plastic surgeon for the bride. Mm-hmm. At this his is Antonio Banderas's daughter, who's like 16 now. And uh, she seems a little spacey, a little loopy. Um,
1: She's like just getting over the trauma and being able to be in social situations again.
0: Right. So what ends up happening again, you should leave now if you haven't heard this but uh seen this movie. Uh so seemingly there's a rape. That this man this horny
1: It's basically like a classic date rape. Like, it's
0: like a date rape situation mm-hmm. and Antonio Banderas assumes it, assumes it is, and then it backs up almost right away and shows you his side of it. And at that moment, I was just like, there's something going on here. Uh, But we'll get into that in a second. This is a very long description of this movie. Uh, Antonio Banderas exacts his revenge on this man by capturing him. And at this point, you're like, oh, he's just going to kill him. Mm -hmm. His daughter kills herself. Uh, She walks out of a, a bedroom window like her mother did and drops to her death. You don't see that, but it's, again, talked about.
1: And the thing that also is traumatizing Antonio Bendes is, like, af- immediately after the rape, he rescues his daughter, who had been knocked out unconscious on accident, and then when she comes to, she, like, has so much trauma that she thinks her father raped her and can only see her father as the face of the rapist and so i think that pushes pushes him over the edge after her death to go capture and get revenge on this this boy right um so yeah you think he's just going to murder him and then you start getting like like there was a there was the time where i was like no way that's not her that's not her is it and you know that he starts doing the surgery and then they say that he's going to like give him a uh a vagina vagina plasty or whatever it's called yeah. and You're just like, oh, fuck, that's that is him as Vera, the the character who's the woman who's locked up. And right before they jump back into the past to tell you all these things, they end it with them that seemingly being in love and having sex
0: or trying to have or
1: trying to have sex. And you're just like, oh, how did he go from despising this person and wanting to kill them to turning them into this image of his wife and then falling in love.
0: Right. So his <laughs> date his child's date repress has over the course of like six years been made to look like a woman who kind of looks like Antonio Banderas's ex-wife. Um yeah.
1: And he Antonio Antonio Banderas originally did it just to make him suffer so that he didn't have a penis anymore. And so that he couldn't rape women. And then he had to be a woman to feel the suffrage and like the suffering. And then it just like turns into this whole different thing. But he gets his wish.
0: So if you want, I mean, like, again, thinking about the movie through the movie, he, you'd be like, okay, like, so Antonio Banderas' housekeeper, who turns out to be his mother. I mean, this sounds like a soap opera, but it's really just a throwaway (laughs) line. Um, It. Other son shows up at the end of like kind of like the first thrust of this movie, the first arc of this movie and rapes Vera, who is also known as Vincent. Mm-hmm. And he walks in and like he sees Vincent. Uh, he sees the brother who's in this tiger outfit for Carnival raping him like he gets his wish. Right. Like that is his fulfillment. He got, oh. you know, like Vincent is being raped.
1: Oh, my God. I didn't even put that together. Yeah. So maybe after he got his wish is then he, like, can feel at peace with Vera slash Vincent because before that, directly before that, Vera is constantly trying to say, like, we should be together and not exactly saying I love you. But, like, she's trying to convince him to fall in love with her and, like, live Mm -hmm. together for real and not be a prisoner. And you, you find out later it's because she wants to escape. But, you know, he Antonio Banderas like denies her the entire time until after she's raped by his brother,
0: right? And his unknown brother, right? His unknown brother who also know. had, who's also Antonio Banderas's ex-wife had kind of fallen in love with, and they had run off together, and that's where she got in the car accident.
1: Yeah, so it's all it it's incredibly a lot of intertwined. Saying it back makes it feel like a soap opera, but it is absolutely the farthest from that. Everything is very well told and revealed at the right time. Yeah. It's subtle. It's beautiful. It didn't quite know what it was doing with the music, although I liked some of the score.
0: Um, yeah, the music's all over the place. Though there's one sequence at that at the um, at the wedding, this beautiful kind of uh, like Latin jazz band plays and this woman's singing and it's just very well lit and she's very beautiful and yeah it's just like a throwaway, like it's a cutaway but it just works really well and and she's a great singer so it helps
1: yeah it just like brings you into the mood of the second act or the second half i guess of the story um before all of this goes down and you know this is the first film that i'd ever seen by this director but i reading some of the synopsis of his other films this is not unusual for him this kind of storytelling this um
0: a lot of gender bender kind of yeah um gender and identity
1: right he identifies as a queer director and so then he i guess has been pushing the envelope for years with like what stories he tells and perspectives he goes back and forth between and um yeah, yep. I really, really liked this film, and it makes me want to watch all of his other films. Which this is the only one that's considered um, a thriller or psychological horror film. Um, but reading the descriptions of the other ones, there's definitely suspense and and things like that mixed in. I think his his other films.
0: Yeah, this movie. Uh, I mean, just to just being like honest, this movie I felt like is was just like so masterfully done. And it's so unexpected, and it does things that you're told not to do, and like it does things, all the places where it could have like stopped to build suspense over a situation, always keeps its eye on the prize of like the the big shocking reveal. And you don't, I, until you until he kind of is like explains, it's a long time yeah. into this movie before you realize what he's what what's what's going on.
1: Because you get all the way into the second story. And you're just like, why is he telling two different stories? I feel like they have to be connected, but they don't feel connected. Like, where is he going to go with this? This could go all wrong. I could end up hating this film because it's like story A and story B. Um, But then they completely connect. And he does it better than um, the other movie that this reminds me of is um, The Place Beyond the Pines. There's sort of two whole stories in that film and they're connected by or
0: even three. Yeah,
1: three. yeah, I guess there's three. They're connected by the characters, but the stories do not directly connect. There's no final reveal that like makes it all seem like a whole movie. And I actually I love that movie. but I that's my one flaw with that movie is like it almost feels like separate films. So this one didn't. like I was re- I was ready to be like disappointed. <laughs> And I was not.
0: Yeah, this movie I thought was amazingly done, and I and I, very rarely, I mean, so you hear about great directors, and Almodovar uh, is one of those directors you definitely hear about. And I've definitely heard about, you know, just he, he's got movies in the Criterion Collection, and and he guy gets talked about as one of these great director directors. Last year, he made *Pain and Glory*, which was like nominated for a couple of Academy Awards, and Antonio Banderas was nominated. Um, He completely lives up to the hype. I mean, if any of his movies are at least half as good as this one, he completely lives up to the hype. Mm -hmm. um, Because this movie, I thought, was incredibly well done, incredibly well shot. Um, Antonio Banderas, completely a different actor when he's in his native Spanish. I felt like, you know, we think of Antonio Banderas in the West as Puss in Boots or Zorro, (laughs) you know, for lack of a better, like, You know, that's who we we get, this swashbuckling, attractive, um, you know, scoundrel. Um, And largely that's who he plays in, in American movies. I mean, there's some exceptions, like he plays Tom Hanks' lover in Philadelphia incredibly well. And, you know, but in this movie, he's such a good actor and he does such a good job that you almost forget that the guy's fucking Zorro.
1: Well, you also forget that the character is like a mad scientist evil genius because he played it not that way. You feel really bad for him the whole time and you almost, you know, it's successful in sympathizing with him the entire way through, even through him doing all this insane shit.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. I, I thought this is a great horror movie, but this one almost transcends a lot of the other movies we've watched uh, have been really great horror movies. Some have been bad horror movies. This movie is just a phenomenal movie. Like we were talking about in a previous episode about the way genre works these days, this movie is a perfect example and a really smart movie about queerness that's not ever really about queerness, mm-hmm. you know, in, a, in an explicit way. Um, I think it's. I think this movie is just amazing. I. I we don't rate movies, but I rate movies <laughs> on my side. And this is easily a nine or a ten out of ten movie for me. It just did it for me on every level.
1: Yeah, and and don't feel bad if you've never heard of this director because I'm, I'm into movies and I had never heard of this guy and I'm very excited to watch more. I feel like I've unlocked like this special little like gate to new films that I know I will love. I hope I will love, and I'm excited to go down the whole journey.
0: Yeah, well. Thank you so much for uh, watching. This has been day 19 of 31 Days of Horror. My name's Andrew.
1: And I'm Teresa. Thank you so much.